Most of the world's best copywriters and persuaders are also really good storytellers. Now, it's not that they were like born great storytellers. It's that they know how to find interesting stories that are going to hook their audience, that are going to appeal to their audience, that are going to pull in their attention, keep them engaged, and take them through to that next step in the selling process. And so when you talk to most good copywriters, salespeople, persuaders, they have studied story. And today I'm going to talk to you about storytelling, story selling, the connection to our subconscious or unconscious mind, and even share with you a very powerful storytelling and story selling formula. So with all of that, let's dive into my notes for the episode. So story, story sells, right? We've, we've, we've heard this story sells, but, but why? Well, storytelling is, I would argue, maybe the most fundamental form of hu human communication. If you think back to humans when they were first developing language, I would imagine that it was something like, I went over there, I saw a dangerous animal that we know is likely to kill us. And so I came back and you might want to avoid going over there, <laughs> right? Like it, it starts as something that simple, a story about something that happened during the day. It's, it, it's, it's a way of communicating truths about our world. But then as language develops, the stories become more complex, the meaning becomes more complex, but it still goes back to this fundamental earliest communication of telling a story. Something happened and um, this is the reaction to it, right? And one of the like classic, classic like ways that our identity, our truths, our culture has been communicated through time is through stories. It used to be that the, the storyteller, the person who memorized and could speak from memory all of the stories was one of the most important people in any group or culture, right? And then it became the books, the books that contain the stories that became that. And so storytelling as communication is just incredibly powerful and rich throughout the history of humanity. And as a result, one of the things that's true about storytelling is it's not automatically perceived and filtered as salesy communication. So if you tell someone a story, it's not automatically filtered out as, hey, this person's advertising something, so therefore I should not pay attention because I don't want to buy something. <clears throat> so in that regard, it can be very effective if you get good at storytelling to bypass some of that automatic filtering that goes on for just blatant overt story, or I mean, uh, selling messages, right? It also does a great job of engaging the attention. Uh, if somebody says, oh, you're never gonna believe this story, you wanna know what's gonna come next, right? And almost any time that we signal a story coming in a communication, it, it, it pulls our attention in, in a way that is hard to mirror. It's hard to match, I guess, in other types of, of rhetoric, other types of communication. Um, and 
all of this that's going on, it bypasses our critical faculty to some degree. So the critical fact faculty is like that logical part of your brain that's always weighing the evidence, always figuring out if something's true, not true. But when we are listening to a story, when we're hearing a story, part of us gets immersed in the world of the story. And we have that thing called suspension of disbelief, where we are choosing to immerse ourselves in the story and not necessarily critically examining every element of the story because we want to know what happens in the story, right? And so it, if our critical faculty has been bypassed for at least a moment, it allows our complete mind to take in the message of the story, take in the story itself, and then at some point the critical faculty before a buying decision is made is going to be activated and it's going to and it's going to evaluate all the evidence but oftentimes if the critical faculty is what is filtering out things that are overt persuasive messages and will ignore your persuasive message whether it is good for the person or not if you can bypass that automatic filtering for long enough to give them the, the complete message, then they can make a more informed decision about whether or not the offer would be good for them. And all of this is happening like as the critical faculty, this is a term that's often referred to by uh, hypnotists, that, that the process of hypnosis uh, is, is designed to engage and to relax um, or to distract the critical faculty for more direct communication with the subconscious or unconscious mind. And so if somebody's attention is being pulled in by a hypnotist, the, the part of their attention that is being engaged and then relaxed is the critical faculty so that the hip hypnotist can speak directly with that subconscious or unconscious mind. And so all of this is also going on in story. In fact, one of the world's most famous hypnotists who did not spend as much time doing like direct, you are getting sleepy, very, very sleepy was Milton Erickson. And Milton Erickson was known for using metaphors and stories with, with embedded hypnosis in the metaphor, in the story. So as you're listening to a Milton Erickson story, suddenly you're taken away on this journey and he's speaking directly to your subconscious or your unconscious mind. And then suddenly you like wake up out of it. And oftentimes what would happen is clients would have just complete transformations in their life because they listen to him tell a story. And um, so story is just an incredibly powerful communication medium. Okay, so point one, right? Uh, and when you do it right, I, I mean, I can tell you a story like I went to the store and I bought groceries. I took my grocery list and I checked off everything on the list. The only thing that wasn't there was the store brand wheat checks that my daughter likes. Like that's not some like crazy compelling story. It is a story, right? It's something that happened, but it's not a, a compelling story that, that enraptures me, that pulls me in at a subconscious level. That said, there's been a lot of people who have studied storytelling and what makes some stories connect with 
with our subconscious, with our unconscious mind. And most of the people in that field actually point back towards uh, Carl Jung, who was a famous psychiatrist and who did a lot of work on archetypes and our unconscious mind. He defined what we call the collective unconscious, and that's the, the, the carried through knowledge of like the entire human species. And it is used to point, point out why perhaps the stories that appear in completely disconnected cultures that haven't been connected for thousands of years have essentially the same structure, the same themes, the same character types, the same um, different animals portraying different aspects of humanity and like all these things that are consistent through different cultures and their stories. Jung was starting to document all of those in his work. Then Joseph Campbell came along, wrote a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces, and defined what we uh, now often call the hero's journey, which is a completely fascinating story structure that you see even uh, like Star Wars. George Lucas, when he sat down to write Star Wars, he did it after reading The Hero with a Thousand Faces and wrote the entire Star Wars storyline to match uh, Jung, Jungian archetypes, and Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey, which is also called the monomyth. Now, uh, more recently, Christopher Booker uh, put together a, a book called The Seven Basic Plots, and it, it outlines seven different plots, overcoming the monster, rags to riches, the quest, voyage and return, comedy, tragedy, rebirth. And all of those are very interesting ways to structure a story that are all, again, speaking to these Jungian archetypes, to, um, to these, these foundational uh, patterns of our humanity and what our brains pay attention to. And it's worth studying all of these things because when you tap into this, well, Star Wars is a good example. Harry Potter actually follows a very similar storyline. These, these stories that resonate on a huge level oftentimes are tapping into the same story structures, even as all the superficial details are different. Now, in the seven basic plots, there's also the meta plot, which is not necessarily a specific story, but it's a way to describe the different chunks of the story. And I love it as a, as a way of teaching the principles of this type of story selling, or I'm sorry, storytelling in this case, because we're not talking about selling yet, we'll get there. Uh, but the meta plot is really a shortcut to help you identify the story that you want to tell and what aspects of it are going to speak to the subconscious. Now, you're going to recognize this in so many stories that you've read, that you've watched, that you've listened to. Uh, the, the Metaplot actually has five stages. First stage is anticipation. The hero is called to the adventure to come, right? Something is going on in the hero's life and suddenly they're like taken off into this adventure, right? Uh, the, the next stage is called the dream stage. It's where the adventure begins. The hero has some success. Things are going well. And there's an illusion of invincibility. It seems like everything is going to go well. So like at, uh, in, in a movie, maybe we, the anticipation phase is the first you know, 20 minutes or so as we're starting to figure out who this person, who are the main characters, who, like, what, what is the world like that they're in, right? And then something happens and they're, um, they have to go do something, right? And they start to do things. And for the next 20, 30 minutes in the movie, 
things are going pretty well. Um, and it, maybe there are some initial conflicts, right? But but in general, they're they're taking they're taking on the world. They're like um, they're they're making progress on their journey, and everything seems to be going well. And maybe they feel like like their model of the world is is working, right? How to deal with this conflict, um, this this adventure is working. But then. Uh, we hit the frustration stage. This is the first real confrontation with the enemy, right? Um, that that we run into a challenge, that we run into our our main antagonist, right? And in fact, there's a big setback, and the illusion of invincibility is lost. The the antagonist, the enemy, actually comes out on top, not for the long run, but for this battle, right? The 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 battle is lost, but the war is not over yet. Uh, and so the hero feels this big setback. They feel a challenge, and you know maybe maybe that takes ten or twenty minutes. And then in the next phase of the movie, we have or the story we have the nightmare stage. And just going with the movie timeline, this might be the next thirty minutes or so, um, maybe a little bit longer if the movie's longer. But this is where. Um, where you can feel the buildup towards the final battle. There's oftentimes a lot of preparation that goes on. Uh, in, in, the, in the movement towards the final battle, there may be some initial successes, but we know it's only getting us up to that big confrontation with like the boss enemy, right? Thinking of video games, like it's, it's uh, going into the castle and all the uh, secondary villains that you have to defeat before you get to the boss. Right? And so the story is climaxing here uh, until you get to the point where the major antagonist, the enemy, is there and the hero is up against them and is failing. Um, and at this point, all hope is lost. This is the nightmare stage. Again, we've had the anticipation, uh, the dream stage, the frustration stage, the nightmare stage. And by the end of the nightmare stage, it feels like... They're, the hero's going to lose. It feels like it's not going to work out well in the end. And then we get to the resolution. The tides turn. The hero overcomes their burden against the odds. Um, oftentimes what happens is there's, there's some kind of intervention uh, from some external character or plot device or something that suddenly gives the hero a burst of additional strength to overcome the enemy, to defeat the antagonist. And um, that thing that comes in from the outside is like their secret weapon. And in the end, they overcome the villain. And then in the hero's journey, there's just, there's like a return, uh, the return of the hero to the normal world, but they've been changed at this point, right? And this is a really good, like, I love these high level overviews of stories, not because they tell you the details, like this doesn't tell you the character names or what world it has to exist in or whether there's magic involved or, or like sci-fi technology or whatever. This is like the human aspect. This is, this, is, um, this is what's going on at like a deep, deep level. And if, if I tell you a story about like some something that I wanted to go achieve, and at first everything was going well, uh, but then suddenly things started to not work out as well as I wanted, and in fact they only got worse and worse, and um, suddenly I realized that 
if I was going to achieve that thing that I wanted to achieve, I was going to have to, um, I was going to have have to find something new within me, and um, and I kept pushing and pushing, and things weren't working as well as I wanted. I thought I'd lost, but then at the last minute, I discovered the secret, and the secret told me exactly what I needed to do to succeed. And with that secret, I was able to overcome. And now that I've overcome, now that I have succeeded, I have triumphed in the challenge, I'm sharing that with you, right? That, that structure works and that structure taps into something deep. And so this anticipation, dream stage, frustration stage, nightmare stage, and resolution, the meta plot, is a very powerful way to tap into just our, our fundamental human drives and desires and what our subconscious is naturally attracted to. Now, one important point from that book is that it really is all about the hero. Uh, this is a quote from the book. However many characters may appear in a story, its real concern is with just one, its hero. It is the one whose fate we identify with as we see them gradually developing towards that state of self-realization which marks the end of the story. Ultimately, it is in relation to the central figure that all other characters in a story take on their significance. What each of the other characters represents is really only some aspect of the inner state of the hero himself. And when you ask, like, why one core character, even, even in a cast that may include, um, you know, a half a dozen, a dozen seemingly central characters, uh, why would one core character be what we want to focus on? Well, on a human level, we have these things that scientists have covered, uh, discovered called mirror neurons. And when I'm experiencing an emotion and you're talking to me, you are going to feel some level of that emotion because those mirror neurons are activating. My sadness neurons are activating and your sadness neurons are activating, right? Um, as, as we inter interrelate with each other, and that's one of the powers of story, right? Um, on a different level, What's happening is we as the as the readers or the listeners or the viewers of a story, we develop a little bit of an associated perspective with the main character. So, for example, if you're really into a movie and suddenly the hero of the movie like gets stabbed or, or injured in some way, we... Um, we we suddenly feel like that happened to us. And there's there's a moment where we're like, oh... And we, we, we feel the pain that they feel because our perspective gets inside their perspective. When a story is told really well and it taps into the subconscious drives and motivators, that's what's happening, right? We are becoming identified with the character. And it can take us a moment. I don't know if you've had this. I'm sure you've had this happen. You're like in the movie theater, you're watching a movie and it's a really compelling movie. And then you step out of the theater and it takes you a minute to like come back to your life because you're so heavily identified with the character in the story. And all of this is building up to talking about this in the context of selling, story selling. So I'll say, but what about selling? Well, if you want to use storytelling in a sales context, whether that's copywriting or other kinds, other mediums in which you would sell, it's worth remembering that story selling actually has three pillars. One of those is the story that you're telling. And yes, it's critically important to be able to tell good stories. The second one is the character. And this is the character, your character, that you're trying to convey through the, the story itself. Uh, and this is something I teach in my story selling masterclass. 
um, the, the character most often is, well, in many cases, it's going to be, I was just like you. I went through this and I triumphed. And now I want to share it with you because I know what it's like to be in your shoes. In other cases, you may be a mentor. You may be like a loving parent type character. You may be, there's lots of different character archetypes that, that can define what types of stories and how you tell the stories. But knowing in story selling, uh, number one, you're thinking about the story itself. Number two, you're thinking about the character. And number three, you're thinking about selling. You're thinking about the sales process and how the stories you tell actually move the sales process forward. And the reminder here is that storytelling must serve your sales goal. It must always serve your sales goal. You don't tell a story just to entertain your audience. Yes, a story may do a good job of hooking their attention, of pulling them in. It may do a good job of entertaining them. But if you're not able to connect that through towards taking the next step in the sales process, you're not doing you're not doing story selling. You know, like go write a book, go write a novel, go write a movie. Um, I actually teach in my book, The Ultimate Selling Story, a, a five part story selling process. And the cool thing is when you really have something that taps into an aspect of like deeper psychology, you'll find how it overlaps in, in a major way. And so my ultimate selling story is my Paisa formula, problem, agitation, and validation, solution, and action. And in a sales context, it's, hey, uh, I had this problem and here was the agitation of having the problem, why I felt the need to solve it. Uh, here's the invalid solutions that I've gone, that I went through uh, that didn't actually solve the problem. Here's the solution itself, and here's the action that I took, right? And in the context of, of mirroring that, that meta plot to you, well, this problem phase, like experiencing a problem, often starts in the anticip anticipation phase. Like, I wanted something to be true in my life that wasn't true, right? And so I'm set off on this adventure. And maybe initially, initially, there was uh, like, I thought I was going to solve the problem. I thought it was going to be easy. That's the dream phase, right? That's, that's where the hero is going through things and seems to be succeeding at first, right? Um, now, in a story selling context, oftentimes, these are going to be a much tighter portion of the story itself. But you may also be telegraphing towards the end, towards the actual solution of the problem. Next up is, is agitation, which is, which is where we get into that, that frustration stage of the story, um, where, where suddenly like all the things that I thought would work are not working as I expected them to. All the things I tried did not work out. And so I was sent looking for a better solution. Um, I'm sorry, the, the agitation stage and the frustration is, is where, where um, you're trying to solve the problem and you're, you're running into issues with, the, with the, the problem not actually matching up. The invalidation stage is where suddenly like everything is not working. I tried this, it didn't work. I tried that, it didn't work. I tried this other thing and it didn't work. Right. Because in that nightmare phase of the story, what's happening is is the hero is being frustrated. The hero, like everything that um, that, that they thought would work is not working and they just need a better way. Now, the solution is when we get to the resolution phase of the story. Right. Re resolution <laughs> resolution. Um, it, those, of course, match up. 
the, the resolution is, I found the thing that worked and here's what it is, Here, here's what it takes to solve the problem. And then action is getting to the end. So obviously in, in every story, these are gonna come out a little bit differently and they're gonna flow a little bit differently through each other. But the general story arc is through this like anticipation, dream, frustration, nightmare, resolution, problem, agitation, invalidation, solution, action. Like the, the, the general narrative arc is, um, you know, I decided to go on this adventure. I decided to solve this problem. Um, I went looking for solutions. Things seemed to be going well. I went uh, going through the, the journey and things seemed to be going well. And then I ran into things not working well. And I had to deal with all these challenges, all these frustrations to the point where I almost gave up. I, 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 I thought all was lost. And then a resolution came, a solution came. And this is what it was, right? And the way that you tell that for story selling, again, is going to be a little bit different. Story selling, the hero, right? The prospect must see themselves in story selling in the hero of the selling story. They need to identify with the person who's going through it, the person who had the problem, who tried to solve it, who had struggles in solving it, but ultimately who found that solution, right? Because they want to believe that they, that they could be the hero of your selling story. Just like your prospect on some level, you know, if you think back to being a kid watching a movie and the kid's like acting out the, the, the hero's journey in this movie, the kid wants to believe that they could be the hero in that story too. And so subconscious story selling is going to do all of that and it's gonna do it pretty well. And it's gonna start with finding stories that really tap into these subconscious motivators. So my call to action for you at the end of this episode, ask yourself how you can use this, you know, just, just think about, do you have stories that are relevant to tell in your marketing? Don't forget to like and subscribe so you can get more content like this delivered to you. I will also link to the Ultimate Selling Story, which currently is available exclusively through Amazon. Uh, that link is in the description. Also, I will link to my Story Selling Master Class, which goes much deeper into all sorts of different story structures that can be used throughout story selling and give you just a, a, a deep base of knowledge of how to use story in your, in your selling approaches. Um, and that's actually part of my BTMS Insider streaming library of copywriting and marketing courses. So you pay one low fee, you get streaming access to everything, including the complete story selling masterclass. I'm Roy Fur. This is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets, and I'll catch you again in the next episode. Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.